Hello, all you positive heads out there. It's so good to be back with all you beautiful reflections of the one source consciousness that creates and animates all things. If you're new to this podcast, of course, we're super happy to have you here. And if you've been listening and enjoying for a while, I would be super grateful if you would please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's one of the best and simplest ways to pay it forward and help others find the show so that they too can tap into the powerful perspectives and positive vibrations we are collectively emanating. The other unique and magical way to share this show is by sending any friends you think would benefit from listening to this podcast, our Game with the Universe link at positivehead.com forward slash game also listed in the show notes, which will serve them up a quote-unquote random episode when they click it. Just instruct them before clicking the link to close their eyes for a moment and sincerely ask the universe to queue up the episode that contains the insight and perspectives that they most need to hear at this point in their life journey, and then click to listen to whatever episode is synchronistically served up to them. I have heard time and time again from people about the incredible results they received playing the game. So just tell your friends, magical results are guaranteed or their karma back. All right, all you positive heads, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me yet again today. It's fun to be here two days in a row while Brandon is away. I always love holding down the ship and feel like it's such an honor to do so. So I absolutely love it. Um, today, I want to get into something a little more fun and mysterious. So I thought we would talk about aliens, extraterrestrials, UFOs, um, all that fun fun other planetary uh, stuff that's going on out there. There's tons of information, tons of stories being told, lots of things to sift through, um, to choose to believe or not to believe. It's up to you. But I thought we would go over a couple of things and um, that would be fun. So before I do, I would love to read a review. You know how much we love to get these and how much it fuels Brandon's fire to do this on a daily basis because you all know it's not easy. So we really appreciate it when you guys write in and tell us how much you love the show because it helps keep this truck rolling and that fire going. Uh, today, we are super grateful for Taylor. Taylor Mayer won. Her, the title of her review is Loving with an exclamation point. She says, started, just started this podcast a couple weeks ago and already I'm a huge fan. Getting lots of knowledge and resources to stay positive and connected to source. Love everything about this podcast. And the best part is the amount of content. Thank you for getting, thank you for taking the time to record and post each day. It's just what my heart and soul needed. Exclamation point. Taylor, I love it. You put exclamation points after each sentence. So I know you were excited and I am so excited that you wrote this for us. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. So like I said, everybody, we're going to talk about aliens today and UFOs. And I have uh, some of my own experiences to share as well. I've been seeing things, UFOs, um, unexplained things in the sky for the last uh, 20 years or so. 
And I live in Arizona, so it uh, is pretty common out here. Many, many people see see craft or unidentified objects. If you've heard of the famous Phoenix Lights from, I think it was 1997. That was before I moved here. I got here in 99, so I missed the Phoenix Lights. But that um, is still remembered to this day. It was a huge event. There were these humongous lights that thousands and thousands of people saw that the governor at the time made fun of and said it was, I forget what the excuse was. It was either a government thing or it was probably, you know how there's either a government thing or it's a weather balloon. Um, And years later, he wound up saying, I lied. That was alien spacecraft. So very interesting indeed, but there's tons of stories out there, just like the Phoenix lights. I mean, there's shows uh, you've probably seen ancient aliens that's on what history channel. And of course there's all the shows on Gaia. There's deep space. There's beyond belief. There's cosmic disclosure. I mean, this information is getting out there. The secret space program, all these insiders coming out. There's tons of new information now that is being, that used to be classified that is now being released and um, more things are being released every day. Uh, and, and these things are proving if there is uh, proof that the government has been exploring uh, crashed UFOs for many, many years and reverse engineering the technologies that they find on these crafts. So that's very interesting. And, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, why does it have to be such a secret if so many of us are climbing on board and, and understanding that, hey, you know, this, this is probably a real probability that we are not the only ones in this humongous, vast, infinite universe, um, that humans aren't the end all be all. <laughs> we haven't we haven't arrived here as humans. This isn't it. There is way more growth to be done in our body and our soul's evolution and other planets and other entities out there in the universe have gone a lot further than, than we have. So I think in my own personal opinion, you believe whatever you resonate with, of course. So I'm not here to, you know, try to prove anything by any means. Um, Just tell you what my perspective is and what I believe. And I think that to think that there is no life outside in the universe and in all this infinitum, that we're the only possibility of life that exists out there is more absurd than thinking that there's other life out there besides us. That makes any sense. (laughs) So, so yeah, uh, I'll tell you some of my own stories. So the first one was when I first moved here and this was the, I think the closest UFO. Well, I I don't know if I want to say the closest, but it was, um, the most apparent. It was the closest I could see it. It was, um, very clear and very close to me. I was, I was studying, I was in medical school at the time and I was living in an apartment and I had a, a patio that I would go out and take breaks on and, and I could see a pretty good view of the sky. There was this one star. I thought at first it was a star, but there was something about it that just didn't seem like a star. Like I felt like it was watching me. I know that sounds weird, but I, I did. I was like, are you watching me? I kind of started talking to it after a minute because I felt like 
It was eyes on me. You know how you can feel somebody watching you? So I felt like this star was watching me. I know it's weird. So, <laughs> so ultimately I, after hours and hours of kind of going back and forth, I like to take breaks when I'm studying. So I, I, I go back and forth and I'm, I'm looking at this thing and it's just kind of glimmering in a different way. And I feel this connection. Well, finally it starts moving and it starts going straight up in the sky. And then after it came straight, straight up, it started coming towards me. Now at this point, and I'm probably, this was like early two thousands. I was in my early twenties. And I am looking at this thing like, what is happening? And I almost felt um, stuck in my place where I was. Like I couldn't move. Like I was stunned, like deer in the headlights. So this thing is coming towards me. And as it comes towards me and it gets pretty close. So I'm in the apartment and then there's like a canal down there. And then there's houses that start like a wall and then houses. So this thing is right over the houses that are right across from me. And as it comes that close, it then this big light, it turns into like a rectangular metallic vehicle. It was like the width of it was very short. So it would be like, like a gift wrap box, like a long rectangular gift wrap box, you know, almost. And it, um, it just came directly in line with my apartment and went really, really, really slow. Like it was scanning me almost and I'm stuck, like completely stuck there thinking, am I tripping? Is this really happening? Like, I'm, I would want to pinch myself, but I couldn't because I'm stuck and I'm just like, whoa. So this thing goes, and by the way, I wasn't scared. It was this overwhelming sense of like peace and everything's okay. This is just really weird. Um, and so this thing went really, really slow past my apartment. And then after it cleared my patio, then it took off in a split second and there was just two red lights at the end of it and it was gone. So that was my first experience with a UFO. From that point on, I became really curious as to what's going on out there in the universe. And I think, well, I know now I know that that is one of the biggest reasons why UFOs come and show themselves to us so that we then have this awakening so that we start to question what's out there. So we wonder and it's so mysterious and feels so unreal that we're left with that inkling of like, is this real? Is this not real? I don't know. It, it makes you question. So it follows the law of free will in the universe. So it's not saying smack in your face. This is absolutely real. You have to believe this. This is saying, here you go. Well, Actually, that kind of was smack in my face. I have to believe this, right? <laughs> for me, it was. Um, but not for you. When I tell you this story, you could choose to believe it or not to believe it because it wasn't smack in the face, right? Um, even still, seeing it, it took a lot of um, me questioning what I saw and understanding what I saw to believe then, okay, it wasn't just a government thing. Like That was... That was uh, somebody that didn't live here, uh, that has technology way, way far beyond what, what we have. So that was my first experience. Uh, I had another experience in my own backyard. Again, <laughs> this time I live in the house I'm living in now. And 
there was a hawk in in the yard who was attacking one of the birds' nests. And the birds were going after the hawk because the hawk had gone into the nest. And so I took my video camera out or my phone to video what was going on. These birds chasing this big hawk around in the sky. And so after that, I went and I looked at it. And I happened to see this like blink in the video and I didn't know what it was. So I went and I, sl- I slowed it down as much as I could. I wound up eventually putting it in iMovie so I could really, really slow it down. Like it's super, super slow. And what I saw was a craft and this craft looks like a, a disc, just one of the flying saucer type crafts. But in the video, when I slowed it down, cause I was videoing the Hawk. So the Hawk's wing barely moves. It doesn't even like make a half of a, a flight, like one flap. And this UFO went from one point in the sky to all the way, another point in the sky, completely leaving the frame of the video. And it did so in hops. So it doesn't, it didn't move straight. It went like uh, a nerve signal transmission goes. So when our nerves send signals through our sheaths, our myelin sheath has these um, like nodes, right? So our signal get bounced from node to node as opposed to going straight through. It's quicker. So this UFO did exactly that. It went from like node to node in its movement. So in the video you see UFO and then it's gone. And then you see it pop up again halfway through the frame and then it's gone and then it pops back in at the end of the frame and then it's gone in a split second. So that was a really, really cool thing to catch on video. And if you guys are interested, I'm happy to post the picture, the screenshot I took of it. Um, and I'll have to dig up the video. If, if you guys want to see that too, I'm happy to do so. I'll have to do some digging if that's the case, but let me know. And I, and I'll do that. So last story that I have, um, yesterday I talked a little bit about Dolores Cannon and, and her work. Well, and I mentioned, my own personal QHHT session. Well, this story, this UFO story that I have happened right before my session, my, my QHHT session. So right before we went in to do it, my practitioner and I were standing outside and we both saw a blue orb, which was very interesting. I saw it and I thought I was just seeing a reflection in the streetlight. And so I didn't say anything. And then my friend said to me, do you see that orb? And I looked at her and I was like, yeah, but I thought it was just a reflection. She said, no, I see it too. And I was a little skeptical, but okay. Well, not two seconds later, this UFO comes right above us going every which way. And that way we both recognize it immediately. She got it on tape. That one I probably can't get. She has it. She's in Spain. And um, yeah, maybe, maybe I could get it from her, but that one's caught on tape too. And what's interesting about this one is it just felt very, very familiar. They all kind of feel familiar, but this one was a little different. And I found out in the session that I had, she asked me who, who that was or what that was, that visitation that we had uh, right before. And the answer was, of course we came to visit before we spoke. And so I had a life, I I mentioned yesterday, I had a life as a 
a light being who was storing information in the galaxy. And I drove a ship in this life and it was operated by my consciousness. And, uh, I was out, you know, traveling through, through the solar system. I watched myself fly through the asteroid belt. And, uh, so yeah, apparently that was me visiting me little, a little crazy thought, but, um, I, I think not, not too far out there considering all dimensions and time exists all, all at once. So, uh, I do want to share this something now that I'm talking about it that happened also after that session. So another part of that, after that, that existence, I transitioned into another existence of actually being a blue orb. And that was the most incredible, beautiful feeling I've ever experienced being that, that orb, this, the energy was so intensely loving. I've never felt anything like it. And I looked around and above the earth as an orb, and there are so many, so many orbs. They're like angels, kind of guardians who, who are just watching and, and helping and waiting to hear the call of people who are calling them. Anybody can call, the earth can call, plants can call, animals can call, and they're up there waiting to serve. Well, my practitioner said, can you take me to one of those calls? And immediately when she asked me that question, I saw a woman in a field and there was a meadow and she had blonde hair and she was wearing a long white dress and she was kneeling down in the field and she was sobbing. And I've told this story before, but I'm telling it again because the story got better. <laughs> um, and she was sobbing and, and I felt every ounce of her pain. She was heartbroken. It was awful. I started bawling hysterically because I could feel what she was feeling. And so ultimately what I did was I went and surrounded her with myself, the energy of the orb. And in that moment, she felt better. She felt like, like it's like an angel blanket. When you call these orbs come down and they surround you with this so much love that all of a sudden you feel okay for a second, like this blanket of love. And it's like, you can breathe for a minute. So if that's not enough of a, a cool experience to go through, in regression, you know, it is, but let me tell you what happened next. About, I would say a little less than a year later, I was at contact in the desert, speaking of aliens and UFOs. And I was telling this story to a friend of mine or a woman who I had just met. She's now my friend, a woman who I'd met there, uh, who was introduced to me through another friend. And he had just said, Erica, tell her your orb story. So I started telling her the story and as I'm telling it to her, she's starting to cry and I could feel that she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like she already knows. So I finished my story as she's having her reaction to it. You know, I just kept going. And when I was done, she has tears in her eyes and she said, that was me. She said, she told me the entire story about why she was in the meadow, how she called for help, how she felt the presence surrounding her. And wow. I mean, it gives me goosebumps every time because what I saw in my session actually happened 
by this woman in real life. Of course it did. This is real. Um, hard enough to wrap our brains around, but yeah, this actually, actually happened. I was seeing something that I was in another dimension doing something right here in this present. So pretty neat stuff. So you never know what's real, what's not real. I say, just have an open mind. And I think that the truth is way stranger than, than fiction. And when it comes to this kind of thing, proof is almost an impossibility, actually. Um, I don't even think it's necessary. You know, I feel like it comes down to our own personal beliefs. And um, for me, nobody can tell me that that's not real, that there's not life on other planets because of all of my experiences. The uh, Keepers of the Garden Book by Dolores Cannon is a book that essentially goes through our origins here and the aliens who have been helping us, who've been here since the beginning of time, who have seeded our planet, who have been helping us since day one. Uh, this book is all about that. And there's a quote in here on, on science, which I think is a, a really good point to make because our science is trying to prove this existence of life outside of this planet. But so far, we've done some, some good experiments, but nothing's really definitive, right? So here in this book, it says, The fault with science on this planet is that it is close to any idea of something which is foreign to that which is observed on Earth. In other words, that which exists is only that which can be perceived through the instruments available at this time. So I think that's really interesting. We're trying to look for and test things in other dimensions of reality using tools of this dimension and this reality. So how are we going to pick up the, the measurements, right? Food for thought. So like I said with this book that these helpers, these ETs have been here since the beginning, they've seeded our planet. And this is a great book. If you want to, uh, learn a little bit more about that. It's called Keepers of the Garden. And then speaking of Dolores Cannon, she has been a UFO researcher for, wow, 30 plus years, 40 years. She was one of the original researchers. I'm going to play a little clip of hers because I can't help myself and I love her so. This is actually a clip from the same video that we played yesterday, but this one is just a shorter clip uh, and a different point in the video, which by the way is from Dolores Cannon's YouTube channel. And it is called Dolores Cannon and the convoluted universe, and the three waves of volunteers. So let's take a listen. Oh, and I'm kind of starting this mid-talk just to not make it so long. But so what she's talking about right before this is she's talking about when she takes people into a past life, but she's talking about the fact that a lot of people aren't going into past lives now. What's happening is that they're going into lives on other planets. They're going back to source. They're going to other dimensions because it's not as important to see what's happened in the past. It's more important to see what's going on now and to open up our perspectives, perspectives to this grander totality. So here we go. 
And a fascinating thing about this is all of them, even whenever they go back to the God source, uh, when I say, well, why did you come? You're, I know you're talking to somebody who's here. You know, why are, did you decide to come to earth? Every one of them, even the ETs, whatever it is, will all say, we heard the call and we volunteered to come. Because this is what I've been told. Uh, well, the ETs, you know, they have been around forever. They've been taking care of us forever. So I've never found any negativity in this. Because they are the ones who seeded the planet Earth. They're the ones who created us, just as Don Shorn was talking about. They've been taking care of us since the beginning of time. They have been here teaching us things through thousands and thousands of years. They are here to protect us. So they've been watching us all that time. So what happened was, whenever we had the atomic bomb explosions at the end of the 1940s, and the beginning of the 50s, you remember there was a big influx of UFO activity at that time. They said it's because when we, sh we shot off the U um, atomic bombs, it got their attention. You know, most of the time they're not here all the time. They come and go. But when this happened, the atomic bomb was shot off. They said, oh my gosh, what are those kids up to now? <laughs> and... <laughs> So they are come to watch and find out what are we playing with. And they were not happy because they said these kids are fooling around with something they don't know how to handle, something that's totally beyond their ability to control. Because they know where we are. We can't even take care of ourselves. That They know we've been on this wheel of karma for generations and generations and generations, repeating the same karma over and over again. Instead of getting off of it and learning your lessons and going higher, we keep coming back to the same, same, uh, same mess, the same people We've again and again because we haven't got it figured out. And the whole world is that way. And here we're right, we just finished a war. We're in the middle of violence. We hadn't learned anything yet. Now we go shooting off atomic bombs. They said if they can't even take care of themselves, how are they going to handle something like this? So they were really worried about it. So that's when they began monitoring us to see what we're going to be doing with this. And they don't like it. They're very unhappy with what we're doing. And they said, we have to change. We can't allow this to go on because we could get to the point where we could destroy the world with what we were doing. And they said they can't allow that to happen. Now, the, the divine directive is just like on Star Trek, that they cannot interfere. You cannot interfere with a developing civilization. They must, it's a planet of free will. They must make their messes, they must make their mistakes, and they just stand back and shake their heads. But they can't interfere because we have been given permission to do whatever we want. But if it gets to the point that we're going to blow up the world, they said it would send reverberations out through space. We would disrupt other civilizations that we're not even aware of. Not only in our galaxy, in our solar system, our universe, but also in other dimensions. Because the vibrations would be tremendous. You know what happened with the asteroid belt exploded. I've written about that with the destruction of the air on Mars. That, and they said Earth was hit many, many times with that. It would have been worse, but Earth was on the other side of the sun, 
whenever the explosion occurred, otherwise you would have had more damage to Earth. But they can't have this happening. It affects too many other planets and other civilizations that we don't even know about in the other dimensions. They said it's like undeclared war on innocent people. So if that were to happen, then they would have to step in and stop us. They don't want to wait to that point, though, to get to that part. So they said, okay, what are you going to do? We can't just come down and say, hey, guys, this is stupid. You've got to stop it. That's against the divine directive. You can't just come in and make anybody do what, they're, what they should do. They have sense enough to do, but what they won't do. So they said they had meetings with the councils. What do we do now? This is a very dangerous situation. They came up with a plan, and I think it's ingenious, but they said this one won't go against free will. We can't help from the outside. Why don't we help from the inside? That is not interference. So I said, what do you mean? They said they, the call went out through the universes. Earth is in trouble. It needs help. Will you volunteer? Will you come and help? And all these people, when I speak to them, they said, we heard the call and we answered. And this means souls that have never been on Earth before. And I'm getting more and more and more of these. This is their first time. They don't know this consciously, but it is the first time they've been here. And you can imagine someone coming from the source of total love, but only coming because they want to help Earth. But look at the mess they're coming into. And it takes a lot of courage to come down here and want to be involved in this. And I've taken them through the birth experience, and they were saying, my gosh, I didn't know what I was getting into. Because they feel the heaviness, the denseness of Earth and the, the body. Then they feel all of these emotions that are so complicated because they've not been exposed to them. They said when they volunteered, they had the big meetings and they told them this is what's going to be like. But they didn't really prepare them for what it was really like when they got down here. This is a, a challenging planet. It's a very difficult planet to live on. I said the other day, we come here to learn emotions and limitations. But can you imagine souls that have never been exposed to any of that? So some of the ones that are coming direct from the source are having a very difficult time. And the other ones, the ones that are the ETs, these are very gentle people too. They've never been exposed to the, the violence and the, all of the emotions that are here on Earth. They're coming for the first time. So they're all having trouble with it, but they're here to help us. That's the idea. Bring in souls that are pure, have never known the violence, have never accumulated the karma to help Earth get out of this mess. Now, the rest of us can help by getting rid of our karma, but we have more work to do. They're coming in to help this. So I love that Dolores has never found any negativity whatsoever every time she has taken people back to revisit their UFO experiences. She doesn't talk about it in this video, but Anytime she's ever taken an abductee back to relive under hypnosis that experience, what she gets is a whole different perspective. 
she gets it from the perspective of their higher self, not from the fear based perspective of their conscious human mind. And it's a whole nother story. So that's where she says that she's never found any negativity. In the end, what happens, it's something, for example, one of the reasons is, say, this was somebody who had come from another planet who had volunteered to be here on Earth, and their people were just coming to check on them, maybe help them with some upgrades to the vibration. Who knows? Checking in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, But she never found any negativity whatsoever. And that beings from other planets have been here teaching us through thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We see evidence of this all around our ancient cultures and all of the different sites that are being dug up now, all of the ancient cave paintings and monuments and all of the things they, uh, they definitely point to some alien interaction, don't they? I mean, the Egyptian pyramids, there's, we couldn't build those today with our technology. So it says in the law of one that there was some help building those and they made them look as if they could have been built by human hands to, again, create the mystery because nothing can be just given to us because of free will. So what's interesting is that all of these crafts started coming after the atomic bombs and I also like this perspective of, you know, what are these kids playing with? Like, we're just these silly humans. Of course we are, you know, kids playing in this big sandbox have no idea what we're messing with down here. And we could possibly destroy the whole world with this technology. Um, And so, yeah, they had to come and make sure that we weren't going to do that. Cause could you imagine sending all of that out into the universe and, and affecting all other other planets and dimensions. And that's just, uh, unacceptable. So it makes sense that we would start to see an influx of craft in, in those years. So, and so she also started talking about the volunteers that came, the call that went out for the volunteers from other dimensions to come and to help the earth at this time because of all of the all of the war and all of the, the ways that we were getting out of balance and away from, from our source. So they have come here to help us at the end of the day, nothing to fear. Um, only here, only here to help. And I think that that's a beautiful message because there's a lot of fear that is surrounding this topic. And I think that we can, can take the fear out of it because if there was going to be something to be afraid of, we would know it by now, you know, and, and why would any other being who already has the capacity to do whatever they wanted to do with their technology, they they would have done it by now. Um, And they've been, instead of wanting to hurt us, they've, they've been helping us this whole time. So we don't need to be afraid of any ETs coming to visit. You know, of course there's probably, And this information is out there too, that there are aliens living among us and we can't even tell the difference. They look just like regular humans. We don't need to go too far down that road. I don't know if you guys ever heard about Valiant Thor. Uh, He was a a being from Venus who came during the 1950s. I think he was here for a three-year period and he worked with the Pentagon and he, his mission was to help the earth 
to help in healing and um, prolonging life and um, helping us to understand what we were possibly doing with, with our, our warring behavior. This is also talked about in the law of one. They had asked the question, what was the original reason for the increase in what we call UFO activity in the past 40 years? And the answer was information, which Confederation sources had offered to your entity, Albert Einstein became perverted and instruments of destruction began to be created. Examples of this being the Manhattan project and its product information offered through wanderer sound vibration, Nicola also experimented with for potential destruction example, your so-called Philadelphia experiment. So what they're saying is that as soon as we started playing around with atomic bombs and, um, the Philadelphia experiment was an experiment that was done with a naval ship where they were trying to cloak the ship, basically become invisible. Um, and the way that they did that was to phase in and out of this reality or dimension. And it turned out awfully. The story goes that the crew members of the ship, when they phased back in, actually got stuck into the hull, the walls of the ship uh, in, in the concrete, which is interesting. But, but yes, they thought, okay, these kids are playing with too much down here. Let's, let's get down there and, and help them out. And uh, Valiant Thor was one of those who actually came step foot on our soil here and worked with our government, believe it or not. Well, that's the story. So it goes. Um, but so he's just one of, of many who apparently are, are here. I've heard he's still here. I've heard he's not, but who knows? It's, it's very interesting indeed. Um, I think another thing that's, it's just interesting about how we perceive this whole topic. You know, we've been surrounded with so much science fiction in our lives that we think, well, it's just science fiction. You know, that's not real. In my mind, it's got to come from somewhere, right? So I think instead of, again, in um, Dolores' book, Keepers in the Garden, somewhere it says, um, science fiction is really true science fiction fact. <laughs> and um, yeah. You know, these thoughts, they came from somewhere, somewhere out there. And so somewhere it's real. So take it or leave it. Take whatever resonates with you and, and leave the rest. If aliens aren't for your framework of mind, then that's okay. For me, I just think it's interesting to think about all of the possibilities that are out there. All of the help that we have from all of these beings that are more advanced than us. I know I could certainly use the help. I like, I like to call on my own guardians who I know are beings who are way more advanced than me. And so, yeah, I, I love to look into this grand world and just appreciate all of its splendor. So I think that's enough alien talk for today, everybody. I'm going to leave you with the song that I find somewhat appropriate. This song is called Ring Around the Moon by Elephant Revival. Enjoy, everyone. See you next time.
Beneath the halo of the moon, blue down on Paseo. Seasons changing, I can smell it in the air. I can see it in their paintings, and I can hear it in the wind. Hear it rise and descend through the many-colored trees. Forms a many-colored. Like the. 